you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Zappy, throwing, caught, Henry, touchdown. Whoa. Porter almost had the pick, and the kick is going to be blocked. Miles Killebrew, their special teams maven, gets in there. The two, going deep, going for it all, and incomplete. Intended for Johnson. Blame Canada. You can. A go ball on fourth and two. What an absurd ending to, frankly, an absurd game. The New England Patriots get the stop late and get the win, whether they want it or not. Uh, beating the Pittsburgh Steelers at the field formerly known as Heinz 21 to 18, a win that both damages Pittsburgh's playoff hopes badly and damages the Patriots' chance at the number one pick. So maybe it's one of those weird, funky situations where a game ends and both fan bases are annoyed. Dan Hans is here uh, from my home. Mark Sessler there from his home. Uh, Mark. Uh, where to start? A strange game. Uh, let's start here, though. They hit the over by halftime, uh, but we didn't get much after that. No, I mean, we got, I guess we, they hit the over because we got the best half of football uh, offensively that the Patriots have produced. Um, Billy Zappi, I don't like any of these quarterbacks, but Billy Zappi, uh, arrow up on Mac Jones. And I just, I'm looking at a Steelers team that, if anything, they've been imperfect, but they've been resilient and they keep kind of eking out wins. But in a five-day period, you've lost to the Arizona Cardinals, who were an apparition, essentially, in the National Football League. And tonight, to a Patriots team that, despite allowing like 10 points or less in three straight games, had lost. Tonight, they win. And it's I, I just I, I, the Steelers, to me, are fading away. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that first former first-round pick Mitchell Trubisky a, you know, amounts, amounts to 60 yards through the air in the first half. I mean, the offense that we thought two games ago in that clash with the Bengals um, had reawakened with 400-plus yards. Uh, two games in a row since, we have evidence that that's not the case. And whether they're a playoff team or not in a really weird AFC, they are very flawed. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be that guy, but I was, I was less bullish about the Steelers coming off that 400-yard game just because we'd seen so much shellac uh to that before that and i never i'm never totally on board with just putting everything on a, an offensive play caller uh because there's usually a lot more going on like bad quarterback play and bad blocking and an inability for the wide receivers to make a play or show that they even care or want to be in the building and and pittsburgh to you know the 12 and 5 dream is over obviously mark and it's funny because a week ago we were talking about how they and I don't really look like a 12 and 5 team but the schedule sets up so well for them 
they might just get there. So to drop back-to-back games to two-win teams over the course of four days, um, I guess it does this, Mark, because we've been talking about how the Steelers aren't really uh, passing any of the smell tests um, throughout the season, and yet they kept winning. Uh, well, now they've kind of been exposed, and with the schedule now tightening up, uh, I think um, even though an NFL season isn't very long, um, even with the added game, just 17 games each, it does have a way of filtering out the pretenders and the contenders uh, by the end of uh, December into January. And I think that's what's happened to the Steelers here. And on the Patriots side, yeah, you get you get three touchdowns from Bailey Zappi in the first half. Um, you know, some curious play calling, I thought, uh, down the stretch in this game, uh, including uh, before that that. For you know that fourth down failure by the Steelers that basically ended the game, you know the Patriots just running the ball three times into the line, uh, trying kind of to get a first down, but also trying to burn Pittsburgh timeouts. It's like you're two and ten. Like, it don't be so conservative. Go and win the game. And then even when the uh, the next possession after when Pittsburgh failed on that go ball, they are inside the Pittsburgh forty yard line and it's fourth and inches. And you send out the punter and it's like, just like, oh, my God, this is such a stupid game that we're watching and it just refused to die. So I'm glad it's over. And Mark, I'm sure uh, Greg is upset about it and all the other Patriots fans because they they now also have put themselves in the position where they might not get uh, that top two pick. Uh, this could be a very costly win for them. Well, it's I think it was mentioned on on our Thursday show that there's the world where if Belichick knows he's not going to be with the Patriots next year. We don't know if he knows that. We don't know what the situation is, but maybe you go Lovey Smith and you're not trying to like lose these games. And it's like, leave the next coach um, without the number one overall pick. I mean, this game though, I, you know, I think it's pretty much on the nose when we predicted all week long that this would be a bit of a disaster. And it turns out to be, um, I, I think there just aren't really seven real playoff teams in the AFC. And we, 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 we like we very well might get the Steelers in the postseason. And they're a very incomplete team. And I would say the one on top of the loss, like I don't love like Alex Highsmith, who you've got, you've got TJ Watt, but Alex Highsmith has probably even arguably been the more productive pass rusher, leaves the game with a neck injury. Uh, there are just problems with this team. I, they're very incomplete. And to lose these two games the way they did, it's like these should have been the two, the two opportunities that propel you and inflate your record beyond what you are and take you to that potential 11-12 win scenario and it's like they're not that team they're not going to do that this is a Steelers team that's going to win about 10 games nine games and float out of the playoffs if they even get there at all yeah I don't think they're going to go near the playoffs this is a team going in the wrong direction and I did think you know watching Mike Tomlin uh in this game that uh you know he called them JV after the Cardinals game and I wonder what he's thinking in this game and you could just you know the the hind, excuse me, the Akrashore Shore fans uh, in that building just going nuts, booing that offense out of the building in the first half. Because I think there was this like very quickly uh, because New England's offense um, was putting up points. Surprisingly, uh, it became clear that whoa, whoa, this was supposed to be just like a three and a half hour celebration here in Pittsburgh, and we were gonna, you know, move right along to eight and five and be in great position going into the home stretch of the regular season. So it kind of turns in. To a nightmare. Um, I should clarify because I just said that the Pats put themselves in a tougher situation for that draft pick. Even with the win, uh, they still hold the number two overall pick um, as action rolls on in the NFL on Sunday at three and ten. But 
you know, so Carolina, which is actually the Bears' pick, they are in very good position, the Bears now, to get the number one overall pick for the second straight year. They're two games up on everybody else. But what that win for the Patriots does, it it moves them away from number one, obviously, further. But also, all these other three- and four-win teams now are right in the mix for a top-three pick. You got Arizona, Washington, Chicago, New York, New York, Tennessee, uh, all with four wins right now. So that tightens up significantly. Um, Anything else uh, that jumped out to you in this game? I just don't remember a season where, within like a one-week period, you had... The fans in New Orleans, who are some of the greatest fans around and loyal to, loyal to the end, um, same goes with Pittsburgh, both raining down booze and catcalls and annoyances in their home stadium at their own team. I mean, that's the kind of year we're in a little bit. Um, the other thing that comes to mind is whenever they show Cam Hayward, the monstrous defensive uh, lineman for the Steelers that Dan, we did a broadcast boot camp with a number of NFL mm-hmm. players, and he was one of them. And um you know, we did a little, uh, you know, 10 minute how to do a podcast type class. And like, you know, we're, we're just us. And like it, the class ended and, a, you know, Darren Waller and a bunch of other people marched out of the room. But like Cam Hayward came over to us and he's about six foot 600. Like he's just giant. And like, he's like, hey guys, so how do you do a podcast? Like, what kind, how do you come up with your episodes? I was like, that's a great uh. Hayward. <laughs> but now he's doing like, I just saw him on Good Morning Football the other day. He's doing great. He does all this stuff. But it was just like, when it's weird to watch these players and be like, they're, these are like absolute athletic um, feats and giant, gigantic men. And like they were, and, they, and, and he came over to us and just had this little tiny question for us. And you and I just stood there like, well, we'll see what we can do. And here we are doing a show. Yeah, he was, he was a uh, really, Really nice guy. I think yeah. I'm trying to think in my in our years um, working uh, at uh, NFL media, the biggest guy ever still for me was Chris Jenkins, the old Panthers and Jets D tackle. When when he walked into the old newsroom in Culver City, I remember just being aghast that a human could be that large. And also he was like super athletic. But uh, I think I think he's uh, number two on the list yeah. and also was super nice. Um, you know, did the Thursday night football during the post game show and they're like saying, stay right here. We got Bailey Zappi coming up to the dais. I'm like, Oh boy. Um, you have Tony Gonzalez saying they're trying to explain what's wrong with the Steelers. What happened to the Steelers? And Tony Gonzalez is saying the reason they didn't win this game is they don't have an alpha male on their team. Can we, I mean, geez, can we come come back to us, Tony? I mean, you played in, you're one of the greatest tight ends that ever lived. You you played football for your whole life. They don't need an alpha male. They need a quarterback. And it's like they that is so much to do with their offensive struggles is that inability to have somebody and and obviously Kenny Pickett is no great shakes, but Trubisky is just so inconsistent. And that's why it made it all the more puzzling with the game and potentially season on the line there at fourth and two near midfield. To throw a go ball there is is so strange to me. And I know part of the problem is, and I, I think Mike Tomlin, you know, obviously has a lot of work to do uh, to try to get this season straightened out now. And, and if it doesn't work out, how do we make the team better? Um, the running game once again disappeared here. They averaged less than three yards a carry and 28 rushes. And I, and I know the, pit, the one thing New England kind of has going for it is that the defense still plays um, with uh, a sense of dignity and pride, and they are—they have not been pushovers. But man, that is not Pittsburgh Steelers football. 
in any way, shape, or form. No, but I mean, New England has led the league in, you know, allowing the least amount of points over the past three weeks. Um, it continued tonight. Their defense is legit. Like, Belichick is still coaching that up. Um, but Pittsburgh has been running the ball consistently, and that went away tonight. And it's like, you, Mitch Trubisky's not going to get you out of that. Um, George Pickens, like, vanished this evening. And I would so argue against the concept that they lack an alpha male on that team. I mean, what is TJ Watt? What is Cam Hayward? They've got a bunch of them. They're just I think not they're a lot talking on about on, on offense. Well, I, just to be fair, I think he was yeah. talking about the offense. But even then, that I think we're on the same page there. I mean, I just think that we don't. That's just not the case. You're just you're look you're you're dealing with average quarterback play. Um, you're dealing with a quarterback that gets injured every couple of weeks. It it's all over the league. Like we've got backup I mean, by quarterbacks. The way, an alpha yeah. male. I mean, that's what the NFL is just filled with. There's 500 well, alpha males. These guys are highly aggressive, physical marvels. Uh, the, these these guys. That's not what they they need. And you know, whatever. I'm with you. But um, shout out to Zeke Elliott, who obviously stepped into a larger role here with Ramondre Stevenson um, out with the high ankle sprain. He has 140 total yards in this game and a touchdown so that that obviously helped the cause for new england in in the first half and his last run of note uh looked like it was a run for a first down in the last minute there to to kill the rest of the clock they challenged it and they ended up moving it behind uh and put it to third and short and then of course they weren't able to um make the first down and had the silly punt and all that but i did like the shot mark and this is a good way to end this because you know we both we love us some Belichick in different ways. Um, Bill pumping his right arm, first down, first down, first down on the sideline. So I don't know what's really going on in the in the old coach's mind right now. I know he's probably very embarrassed about, you know, the state of New England Patriot football at this point, but don't say he doesn't want to win or he's checked out. Bill won in that game badly. Uh, and I think uh, to get a primetime win in Pittsburgh, it was kind of like a little taste of the old days, the Steelers who can never beat Belichick and Brady or hell Bledsoe back in the day. Uh, and once again, with the Steelers desperately needing a win uh, at Heinz Field or the artist formerly known as Heinz Field, again, the Patriots somehow stick it to him. So I think, Bill, it probably felt good, a little a whiff of nostalgia there. I'm with you, and he did it with... Um, I. He's got this fashion choice going on of late where you've got a winter uh bonnet on with a little ball on top <laughs> kind of hanging sideways off his head it kind of looks like a you know a christmas eve drunk in a dive bar but like i think he's doing that on purpose too i but am i wrong like that look kind of throws me i feel like it can't right, he has like to be the, doing that intentionally he's like the he used to be a ski instructor a long to, long, long time ago in the 80s this is in like a a sleepy town in vermont a snow a snow town uh and now he's more in a a managerial role, let's say, uh, but he spends most of his time at the pub at the bottom of the ski slope. And that's where you could find um, Mr. Belichick these days, like one of those vibes, like he used to own this town, but now he's just a townie with the, what did you call it? A bonnet with the ball on top? I think that's it's, nice. I think that, I mean, we, you know, we can explore further, but I, I think that's what you'd call that hat, like a winter bonnet um, with the little, you know, the bobble on top and it's sort of hanging sideways. I don't know. Strange choice. I wouldn't, I wouldn't walk around town with that. Um, outfit, but that's you know he's got a different, a different agenda than I do. You know what I'd like? I'd like to see Bill and Levi, your jacket. Probably have to size up a couple, but yeah, I think he's not going to fit in my jacket.
I think it's time for Bill to kind of have a reinvention wherever he, he lands next. I know we're talking about it with Weish. And Steve was less bullish on the idea that, A, people want Bill Belichick in the modern times in football, if he was kind of a free agent, if you will. Um, and B, whether he is, you know, that gung-ho about getting that record. I think Bill would die for that record. I just, I get that feeling that he is going to find a way to get that record. And, and it's going to be one of the most important uh, months, group of months in his life after this season's over and the end of the New England Patriots era, because I think it's, this is his chance to kind of cement his legacy. And uh, he has, to, he has a big decision to make. I still think he will have, he'll have uh, options, but we'll see. There Someone, it is, by the way. Someone's going to want him. I mean, I, I'm with you. Like, like that record, if he achieves it, look what had to happen for Bill Belichick to get there, how many eons it took. Um, it may never be achieved again with the way that coaches are hired and fired so quickly now. So nab it, um, and maybe no one else on earth can ever achieve it again. So I'm with you. All right, let's take a break. And when we get back, uh, a very special guest will hit one very odd news item. Uh, and then we will uh, have a conversation with our very special guest. Stay right there. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap, fresh, green, Irish shop now at a store near you. Oh, Mark, we don't usually use this on Thursday night. It must be special. Welcome back. Our next guest needs no introduction. She's on the Mount Rushmore of Around the NFL producers, now doing the damn thing with the Rams and beyond, quite frankly. Some call her Erica Tamposi. We know her as Ricky Hollywood. Hey. That's our wow. girl. That's our girl. That is music. Literally and figuratively to my ears. <laughs> Ricky. Hi. This is so nice. This is so good to, to see you guys, to, to hear you guys. We got a cat call from Mark. We got a bonnet. We've got <laughs> slope side from Snow Snow Vermont. Uh, snowy t- I mean, this is just this is great. This is exactly what I what I needed. Ricky, now, did I describe Belichick's hat correctly? I don't know what the name of that. Yeah, I would just call is. it like a beanie with like a palm on it. But yeah, um, Big Funk uh, chimed in in the uh, comments, palm beanie, which I've never heard of. No, yeah, I. yeah, I wouldn't necessarily call it that either. And calling Randy Big Funk uh, that like that's that's new to me. Um, now it must be nerve wracking. I would think for funk to have one of the legendary producers in the history of our show on right now. And people who know, um, Erica and her history with ATN know Erica is uh, a Patriots fan, uh, born and raised in new England. Yes. And I was thinking, and we ended up getting a W for the Patriots tonight, which was not expected. Uh, but the way kind of the conversation I wanted to kind of get into with you to start was, 
what is it like as a millennial Patriots fan, mm. right? Like, your what is your earliest Patriot memory? Let's start there, just to let people have a little context. Then there's you know, obviously millions like you. Yeah, no, it really, really is 2001, 2000. Um, it was, it was the the millennium, you know. Um, no, I I had an amazing 20 years with Brady. So it's did you, did you, you say know, the millennium or the willennium? The millennium, right? Uh, What's a will? What's that? See, you're so young, you don't get the Will Smith joke. It was an no, album even... put out around the time. It's all good. Listen, well, wait, see... wait. What was on that one? Was that like Welcome to Miami? No, or... I think that was on Big Willie style. If, got if you, I'm got not mistaken. You, got you. I think this one might have had Wild Wild West on it. Okay, it's well, like... I'm familiar with that one. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> see, she's so I, young, I'm... but Dan, you're so old. So it's. There's, well, I was going to say, I, I, I qualify time. as a uh, what they call a geriatric millennial, as a 1980 mm. baby. Mark is your straight up baby boomer. So that you know, we have we're covering a lot no, of No, is Mark Bo running. Boomer? I think he's Gen no, X. Absolutely not. My parents are boomers. Like that is so I think I, you're Gen X. I think I'm it's like called. on the edge of that too. Like you I don't Well stop, no. I think you're a geriatric expert. I think they call you guys. <laughs> That's what you say. <laughs> Ricky, anyway, what's it like? So somebody uh, who's foreman of memories uh start with Tom Brady's first kind of beautiful run there in 2001 and and for them to be in this situation uh, where they are right now, you know, arguably the worst team in the league or certainly perhaps in the AFC, has it been really strange? And I know you're busy with the Rams, obviously. So how close are you following? I'm curious about that, too. But what's it been like the last couple of years, but especially this year? This year has been horrible. Like, I woke up the weekend of the bye week for the Patriots, and I was like, oh, we probably lost this week, too. Um, <laughs> so I've been, I, I watch every game that, that I can. Um, most, most of them, I watch pretty much everyone, unfortunately. Uh, it, it's tough, you know? It's hard. It's also hard to have a public sort of rooting interest now for my job, too, which, is, which has been sort of... Tell me about it. Weird. To, yeah, it's been weird to... To maneuver that sort of aspect of things but yeah no I'm I'm still watching and and hurting and like one of my you know best friends from home texted me right when the game ended we suck so much we even suck at sucking when we need to suck so uh th that's what's going on in Pat's nation here so yeah, yeah I have a question that, for you like, like are nice you ready thing. to move on from Bill Belichick Erica I I like feel for him. I think there's a lot of people, especially when Brady went and won the Super Bowl, that it's like it was Brady all along. But like all of the other weapons, like like you said, talk about an alpha male like Bailey Zappi looks like he's it should be in a third grade classroom. He's so little like <laughs> I and Mac Jones isn't it, but also just like the the issues that the team has been shooting themselves in the foot with on like special teams even and all of the penalties and the t like it's just it's such a disaster in every phase of this game right now that I'm like I almost feel bad for Belichick and like would love for him to in a weird way like get another shot somewhere you know else. And you know what? Well, somewhere else, obviously, that that would be one way to do it. And I mean, listen, Vince Lombardi ended somewhere else, I believe, with the Redskins. Like, yep. no, very rarely do you just end uh, where your glory uh, goes down. Part of me wants to say I'm surprised when I hear, and I know a lot of Patriots fans as well. I went to school up in Boston, and you know, everybody kind of wants Bill out. Everybody wants to flush the whole thing. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, how how could you be so kind of cold blooded? All the glory that guy gave you, but. I'm also 
a Yankees fan, and I remember them coming for Joe Torre the same way uh, back in the day to get him out of town once the the championship started to dry up a little bit. Like that winning breeds like this need for more winning, and then when the losing starts, it's a really nasty thing. So it's kind of a tough, and nobody really is going to feel bad for Patriots, Patriots or their fans, but it really is a tough come down to be high that long and then suddenly – be this low be so at the I, floor yeah yeah you're taking it very well eric and it does not surprise me that's just the woman that you are <laughs> i feel i feel for players more than i ever have like especially you know the past two seasons being so you know involved with the rams and seeing these guys every day and like what they actually like put themselves through win or lose every week like depend you know you hear those sort of cliches like we just got to keep stacking building blocks and what but like they do they go back out and they keep showing up and they keep they're just killing themselves to like play and also put you know stuff on tape for them for their careers and everything and so to hear like these Steelers fans booing the team that first half I'm sitting on my couch like oh my god but like they're trying so hard. Oh, like you're they, so, you're too close now. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, but they're they're working so hard, and I was all, yeah, and I was also like, screw the Pats. Like, come on, like you could get a franchise QB with that second overall pick, and then they're they're gonna blow that too. Oh boy, Funk said he has something for uh, Belichick from the post game. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Check it out on YouTube, everybody. <laughs> that who did he just do that? He just had it celebrated like a a cool guy. He like and- dapped him up, but he looked really sad too. <laughs> <laughs> it's it a like, good night. Oh. It's a good night for Bill. Oh. It's been a bad year. Um, Mark, the floor is yours. <laughs> well, Ricky, I would ask you a question. Um, outside of you know, with your Rams uh, employment, you you have told me some stories where you've been like in the coffee room and like there's a, a bunch of Rams players coming. Like, who's like the who is your favorite player to hang out with? Like, who's like the guy that mm. we'd be like surprised, maybe just like the coolest dude of them all. And conversely, who sucks? Go ahead. Yeah. Like, we <laughs> okay. Need, we so need, sucks. Like, I have a top ends. 10. No, no. Yeah. Um, no one really, no one, no one really sucks. There, like there are some that are way more down the clown than the others. I know there's been so much talk about this Rams rookie class, but they are so fun and they haven't like been beaten down by the world and like agents haven't got their claws in them yet and stuff too. So like all the hype about like Kobe Turner, the conductor is like the sweetest guy on planet earth. So funny, like wants to do everything is like singing around the corners and, um, you know, just like through the halls and Puka is like the sweetest guy to ever step on planet earth. And like, it's so fun to see their innocence because they're just so excited to be here and they're not like beaten down yet. So I re- like this rookie class is, it's been so much fun. How much is like, Mc- um, is McVeigh how- cool to you? How about that? Yeah, he's great. Yeah, like, we dap much- like me and him and Belichick, like in that video we walk yeah. by, and okay. he's like, "Who like, is she?" How often do you have like contact with him? Do you are you guys like in the commissary together? Like, how does this work? Yeah, well, our corporate office for the Rams, um, we're moving to Woodland Hills, um, at the end Ooh. of this season, which is which will be, you know, the whole new complex that they're building. But right now, the corporate office is separate from the facility, so. My studio is at the facility, so some days I, when I'm at the practice facility, that's when I'll see the players. Or like um, Steve Avila, the the you know the center, uh, not the center, the left guard that we we drafted, like came into the corporate office just to like bring us donuts last week because he was just like, oh well, where, where are they? Like I want to br-. like just they're just so nice, like they're so nice. I can't say enough. 
I have a question for you, Erica. Yes. You know us. You know Very us well. like nobody else. Nobody else in that building. You know, Funk's starting to try to edge his way into the inner circle. He's doing a great job with it. But Erica was in deep. She was embedded. Mm. I want to ask you a question. Okay. That felt like vaguely confrontational with Randy. Randy, you know I love you. I'm like, wait, where, where is this going? <laughs> I don't know. Erica, what if... Um, yeah, I'm so was- happy Greg's not here, of course. <laughs> the- why wouldn't I? I'm like, why would you even have to ask that? Like, this is my ideal show. <laughs> uh, Greg included, what would the ATN guys be doing uh, if they weren't uh, NFL media employees slash podcasters? Yeah, so I was thinking about this earlier today, and it's so funny because, like, any odd random job that I would come up with, like, Mark has already done. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the text message <laughs> of him, like, with a private investigator, you know, with the crazy stories that you have. Like, I was like, it needs to be something eclectic, but also something – like, I kind of see Mark as, like, a park ranger who, like, nine to five when he's done, like, gets to just experience the wilderness in whichever way he chooses to do so. You know what I mean? Like, he's very much one of those park rangers that's like, hey, kids, like, you're drinking around a fire. Like, put it out. If you will give, if you give me a beer, I'll let you I'll let you keep it up. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I see. I think, yeah, like, underage drinking. Yeah, Mark, yeah like, he would just be like, yeah. oh, okay, cool. Like, you know, give give me that doobie, kid. That's what that's yeah, what your yeah. age says, And right? over the doobie. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't stop. That's what boomers say. <laughs> I wouldn't stop, like, the campfire um, drink fest. I'd probably, you know, find a way to, like, keep other rangers or various like, authority figures yeah, but, away from it, you know? Yeah, and we oh, so get like, like weird, uh, ominous texts from Mark. Like, I was on a horseback, like searching Yellowstone, <laughs> where like a young maiden was locked under a boulder, and I like helped her. Like, I just feel like that that would happen. You and know, so that's my, my answer. You know me. That's that's uh, you would be like the park ranger version of Amy Poehler's character in Mean Girls. <laughs> like, hey, I'm the cool mom. You can drink around <laughs> yeah. me. Just don't go driving anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dan, it. I was. I, for some reason, couldn't get you out of my head as like if you went the alternate route and was like sort of like a uh, like a stockbroker in New York City, Mm. but Mm. not the one where as bad as you are at math, like the Mm. the personality hire where it's like, oh, Dan, like he can't add for but he closes every deal because he's like he's like you're like the closer like you would come and like Dan's like loosening his tie on Wall Street after the long day and they're like hey I don't know how he does it but like you bring Danny in there and he closes the deal like it's like he's you know he's mentally challenged but he is charismatic (laughs) as hell yeah he is he can talk to anyone we bring him in we get their guard down low and then he strikes like I don't know I kind of I kind of see I kind of see that I could say to for you, Ricky, I think I could see you as being one of those people that like one of those women that becomes a full time reality star. Um, (laughs) And you end up as like like you look 15 years later, you see somebody, you see a woman on some show and then 15 years later, she's on some other show. And they're like, oh, wow. And then you check like her Wikipedia and she's never stopped being on different reality shows. And she's fairly (laughs) well known. In the medium, I see you as like a like a high level uh, difference maker, uh, professional, uh, whatever, like a a reality program needs somebody that like kind of like the straw that stirs the drink. Mm. They they dial up Ricky. Yeah. I I don't know if I take that as a compliment or a (laughs) insult, but I think no, I think that's great. I think do I do I have all like the work done and everything, too? Uh, Yeah, ton of work. 
Oh, Lots nice. of Botox. Yeah, just nice. kind of a mess, almost unrecognizable. I mean, in, in my defense, uh, <laughs> your description of my other life, I'm like wearing a helmet full time. So, <laughs> I mean, so is Mark. Greg, I think, would literally be coaching tennis like at like a random Podunk town. Podunk? What's the word? Say? Yeah, Podunk. Interesting. Yeah, Podunk. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. I, we, like with Ricky, like one thing. Um, I had the chance to go on like a, one of these like two day cruises um, not too long ago. But like what happens is like the cruise in the director, middle of football season. Well, Erica, no, no, it was like did, Erica, like Mark is going on cruises like all the time now. And <laughs> no, Greg no. and I are always like he loves cruises so much. And he goes he goes on cruises at odd times where the weather is bad, where he's going. He like what? he takes he takes rickety old boats into like storms and, and, and he enjoys it because he keeps doing it. Well, wow. hold on. Some of that is not accurate. I've been on. I've been on two short ones. Like, like they are like three. You've day been deals. on two cru- cruises. Yes, I went with some friends in the last. Like, you- in in the last, how much? How increment of time here? But for, if you Calendar live in year. LA, they're very affordable. Like, actually, you can find these deals where it's like they're super insanely <laughs> affordable. But like, let me tell you something. Like on these ships, okay, they have like the cruise director who you think they're just like there as to like shake hands. <laughs> But they're like singers and dancers and they get up and do these shows in front of everyone. I was always like, I could see Erica being like this, where like you're just on this cruise like oh, nonstop. Wow. And oh, you no. like No, I think you'd be great at it. Like I do, I could see it incorporating many of your many aspects of your um, you know, versatile talent. It's like base. Erica, you didn't make it in show business. Uh here's life on an old Literally. Boat. Yeah. Everyone that like can't make it as a comedian or a singer, they're like, Yeah, but I got booked on Princess Cruises for the six month like contract. Well I see where you're coming from, but I found them to be the, the one that I encountered seemed to be a talented person. So And in fairness, that's yes, nice. a lot of people that's where they get their start. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and if you're a listener yeah. right now and you work on a cruise ship, like I think that's a great life and I would love that. Wow. Way to clean that one up. Yeah, I would cover yourself. I would, but um, I just don't. I just don't understand how Mark's like going on multiple cruises. And I, I just saw you know. out, and we met up at a Star Wars bar, Mark and I, recently. And, Never and there, there was no talk of these cruise jaunts that you were going on. So it's like well, a there secret was so underground much else to talk about. So a know. cruise underground uh, circuit going on here. Yeah, you guys are sitting in the Spock booth. I mean, there's no time to talk about cruises. <laughs> It's a strange place that we met. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> uh, four seats in the Spock booth, please. <laughs> That's not how it actually. I mean, I would say it was a much more. Uh, it was not nerdy. I did not. I wouldn't say it was nerdy. What do you, you? mean? There was like they were like play, it was the nerdiest place I've ever been in my entire Since life. Space you, Fighters to twelve. By the way, like I got a text from Erica being like, "Have you heard of this bar called Scum yeah, and Villainy?" Of- that's what it's called. She's like, I'm like, yeah, I've heard of it. It's like up the street. She's like, come meet me there. I didn't, and I didn't like lure you in from the wilderness to this place. So yeah, yeah, I was. Uh... <laughs> hey, Ricky, um, we got to get going soon. But <laughs> um, how about uh, like old times? We hit a news item before we. Yeah. Uh, Something and we light. should we should do a little uh, Musso and Frank get together. How about yes. that? Yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah. dog kind of floated that, and I was saying, oh yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yep. I like Very soon. That. Um, news item. And this one's this is, a doozy. This is a jarring right turn for us at this point, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's fair to say. Um, this broke uh, about, I want to say, right as we were wrapping up our Thursday preview, which you could check out right now. Um, here is the headline out of ESPN. Bills coach Sean McDermott, colon, 
apologized for 9-11 remarks in 2019. And here's the backstory here. And this was reported. This is a big, uh, this is a big um, scoop on the Tyler Dunn um, has his own blog or website called Go Long. And uh, if you want to kind of support Tyler or learn more about this and do both, check out Go Long. But uh, McDermott, back in 2019, told players in a speech to come together and use the terrorists on 9-11. And those that are not aware, multiple jetliners hijacked, and it was a group of Al-Qaeda members, highly coordinated, uh, pulling off, uh, you know, one of the worst days in the history of this country. Anyway, use the terrorists on 9-11 as an example, asking players in the room questions about how the attacks were executed and referencing the hijackers getting on the same page. Multiple players who were with the team at the time confirmed the story to ESPN, while others who were there told ESPN they did not recall it. Here's Sean McDermott. Uh, so when this story resurfaced, uh, thanks to Go Long, which I'm sure McDermott is thrilled about Tyler's project here, Go Long, um, he had a unscheduled news conference uh, on Thursday. It lasted about six minutes, six minutes, uh, here's a little bit of his explanation about what went down in that meeting. Brought everybody together and said this was the goal, this was the intent, and I apologize if anyone whatsoever felt a certain type of way coming out of that meeting, right? That if anyone misinterpreted or didn't understand my message, I apologize. I didn't, I didn't do a good enough job of communicating clearly the intent of my message, and that, that was about the importance of communication and that everyone needs to be on the same page, ironically enough. And so um, that was that was important to me then and it still is now. Okay, Erica. So, and by the way, that is something, that apology occurred that same day or in 2019 uh, because he knew it didn't land the way he wanted to land. That is a crazy explanation even today because he's still not apologizing or saying that was a that was a dumb idea to ever kind of in any way lionize uh, what those psychos did. Like what he what he said basically is like they didn't quite understand what I was trying to get across. This is a bizarre story uh, featuring a Bills uh, head coach who's got his hands filled already with a six and six team. Yeah, it's um, also nine eleven right now on the clock, which is really odd. Um, uh, that's true. As we're recording that, so that felt weird for a second. Wanted to All call right, that out. Let's just sign off. Yeah. Yeah. Good night. Um, no, <laughs> no. That that and just hearing that too. Um, the the sort of like, hey, sorry if anyone misinterpreted what I meant there. Um, my I was kind of covering my mouth watching that presser <laughs> and some of those clips from that today. It it was. I, I don't really know. I mean, you have to address it. You have to apologize. But I don't really know how you can justify that or walk that back whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, uh, absolutely on that front. And I think, you know, he's stuck in a place where there's no real explanation that anyone's going to sit well with. Um, what Tyler Dunn has created in general, because there's a lot more to come with this report. And I, I think like uh, having met him, he's, I think he's been on our show once. Um He's an incredible reporter, and what he what he kind of unearthed about the Sean McDermott experience in Buffalo 
is news. It's incredible because I, I think that you've looked at this coach I have all along as like they're a steady team. They've been a, in a Super Bowl window. If anything, he's been a, a, a positive the entire time. There have been not, not a lot of like Sean McDermott anecdotes that would shake you on it at all. If anything, he's sort of been out of the way. But the, what he started to create with this report is like he is the problem. He spoke that I think it was 25 different sources who went to town on what's happening with the Bills. And it kind of changes everything you think mm. about what's happened and everything that's happening right now and what could happen if this season continues on its wayward trajectory. So, uh, you know, this just is sort of part and parcel of what else he reported. I mean, if you go, if you, you know, there is a paywall here, but I would say it is so worth reading. It's a pretty incredible, explosive NFL report. You don't get a lot of things like this these days. And I guess, and obviously he made a mistake and uh, he thought it was ancient history. He came back and, we all make mistakes, so I'm not going to bury McDermott here. I will add, just as someone who um, grew up in the New York area, I grew up about 45 minutes uh, outside New York City, uh, and there's a lot of you know joking talk a lot on uh, in the NFL about well, there's only one New York team, and you know the Jets and Giants play in New Jersey, but the Bills are the New York team. Let me tell you something: if Sean McDermott said this stuff. And he was the coach of the Giants or the Jets. He'd be out on his ass tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I think he would be done. Uh, that would be how big a story that would be. And if he wouldn't be done, it would have been a massive story. The fact that he's up in Western New York, it's a, a little bit different up there. And I, I, I hope I hope he just moves forward because it just it's an unfortunate situation and a bad idea uh, that now is being amplified. So, uh, but pretty wild story to just kind of. Uh, stumble upon uh, just with everything Thursday. this morning yeah like all the news that was dropping out and like just like the different college games and bulk and then it's like oh also this 9-11 headline I was like what is <laughs> happening <laughs> um Ricky yeah um that's what's happening in the news <laughs> awesome thank you <laughs> um Ricky uh let's get some plugs out there where, where can they see Erica yeah, anything Rams related on on social. And then I host Ricky's Ram Jam, which is a once a week show. And I um, I think I also some of my game day stuff airs on KABC weekly as well, too. If you're in the um, Rams L.A. area, if not, you know, YouTube and, and social. Check that out. It's some fun stuff. Very nice. Mark, what do you got? I don't, I am not featured on any, any Ram, you know, centric content uh, at this point, but uh, I, I support the Rams. I appear on this show the same days Very, that you appear on it for so the most nice. part. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, so all right, nice. Ricky, this was a, uh, a great little treat for us. Uh, we wanted, and we told the listeners, I don't know if you're aware of this, Ricky, but we said, we know Thursday night football is not going to be a good one. Um, uh, but we're going to cook up something special to make sure you tune in. You're that special thing. That's so nice. I miss you guys. I miss I miss the the fan base. I miss, you know, working with you guys so closely. And I have checked in to listen to your guys Rams recaps after the last three wins. So I have been been peeking in here and there. How about that? JB Long is feeling himself. I like oh, it. Yeah, I think he said to the. <laughs> you know what? I got to I see Long at the uh, barbershop uh, Jags in Westchester here in L.A. 
all the time. Well, not all the time. That'd be weird. But you know, yeah. Like how often you cut your hair? Yeah. How um, like how do you how would you ever see the same person at a barbershop more than once by chance? Multiple times. Multiple mm. times I've seen good old JB. You Long. guys are synced up. And he, uh, yeah, we're on the same cycle. <laughs> yeah. Um, he said uh, to the crib uh, in his call, which I was like, yeah. that's 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 how you connect with the millennials. I like that. Yeah, I feel everyone's like, oh, yeah, the the Ravens this coming weekend. Everyone's, you know, oh, they're going to get trounced and, and whatever. I don't know. I got a sneaky kind of like feeling. I don't know. Do you? Well, give yeah, us a prediction. We'll see. I, I think that it's one of those teams where the Ravens are looking as just like a we can put the W column here. And I think sometimes those are the biggest games, you know, any given Sunday. Drop game. That, yeah. So I, I kind of feel like, I don't know, anything could happen. I, I would I would love to see a win this weekend. It would be amazing. I get off the fence and make a pick. Okay, the Rams are going to win this Sunday. There you Any go. given there Sunday. Go. And where was Lamar today? You know, he just disappeared from practice. Hmm. What's going yeah, on? You know, maybe yeah. maybe he was heading over to do Ricky's Ram Jam. You know, you never yeah, know. He's on. He's on. I got. Yeah, I got to go. We're going to record that. Right. I've asked both of you to come on and you're both too busy because you do what? 30 shows a week now or something. No, you got me. You called me when I was on the East Coast, but I told mm. you any other time I'm in. Okay. I also cool. want to appear like I, you know, I do have a schedule that is complex, but um, I, I vow <laughs> to appear soon. Yeah. Like, are we, you going to be on a cruise? Erica, we couldn't well, even get Sestog at the ATN photo shoot organized by NFL media yesterday. <laughs> couldn't even book him for that for <laughs> Wednesday morning. It was just Greg and I Why? posing in a, a room without the third guy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Some fakakta story about a okay. dentist visit, and we're just like, no, oh, it God. was not. It was a- absolutely dyed in the wool, accurate and factual, and you know, you, you were cannot at live a, it down the, with this crowd. Hmm. So, yeah, no, I get it, Mark. It's it's tough. It is tough. I think that's why Park Ranger could be like a a third half, third, a third, the third third of your life because you're yeah, out of something. You're on the and third third. Rated yourself, Mark. Just a solitary life in the woods might be the best thing at this point. She's basically just put me into the final third of my existence. So you know. <laughs> not basically. I did say you're in the the third third. You know. All right, everybody, and uh, <laughs> enjoy your weekend. Uh, and uh, remember, we are at NFL Plus. The Dreamatorium was open for business big time uh, today. So the triple header on Thursday is complete. See you on Sunday night. Till then, keep the call. Bye, Rick. Bye. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.